Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Braden here, Matt here. Thank you if you've been here with us for 39 episodes. And if you haven't, welcome. Thanks for being here. Go back, listen to our old podcast to get kind of the gist of who we are and what we're talking about and continue forward with us because we we really appreciate the support and we feel that you are getting good value out of what you're hearing here because we're talking about something that's so important these days and today we're talking about something that we think is really important and that's intimacy in marriage. How do we grow intimacy in marriage with the understanding uh, of porn in the background? Now, we don't mean that we want porn in our marriage to build intimacy but a porn has been a part of our lives. Maybe it's been in our marriage. Maybe we had it when you were single. Maybe it's been something we've been battling in our life. What does it look like in marriage to build intimacy? And how do we change your understanding about what intimacy is? Because porn has often robbed us of that understanding. So how do we gain some good knowledge? And not only knowledge, but practical things that we can do. And not only that, but maybe change our perspective so that we can love each other in a better way and build into our oneness, our connectedness, and our intimacy. So before we do this, I just want to say the reason why we think this is important for you if you are battling something like porn is because porn erodes intimacy. It doesn't help intimacy. I know some people have heard, you know, gotten really bad advice. Oh, invite porn into your marriage to give some variety, some flair. We really feel that's damaging advice, really bad. It actually destroys your intimacy. So it to do that, to combat against that, maybe porn is a part of our life. What do we do to build into healthy intimacy? And we would say is, that's maybe part of your answer, is we need to gain an understanding of what intimacy is so that we can move forward in it. And that will battle that erosion of intimacy that porn has robbed us of. 
Yeah, and when we talk about porn, it's not just porn. We should say it's it's also masturbation, it's fantasy, it's thoughts. Um, because all of these things can erode intimacy and marriage. And if you haven't listened to it, episode 10 is called Masturbation Helpful or Harmful. It's all about masturbation, nothing else. What we strongly believe, Brad and I, are are God's views on masturbation. We put a lot of scripture to it. And so in there, Braden does a great job of talking about the the tie between masturbation and the emotional part of our lives and how that erodes intimacy. And so if you haven't listened to it, definitely go listen to it. Um, and so just remember that we, when we say porn, we really mean all forms of sexual immorality and that all of those things can erode intimacy. And there's different kinds of intimacy. I mean, you talk to one guy, it's funny. You talk to a counselor, there might be seven kinds of intimacy. You talk to another guy, there might be 12. You talk to someone else, there might be 40 or 50 kinds of intimacy. But however many there are, in Genesis 2, it says that we'll leave and cleave, right? It says that we'll leave our parents, we'll cleave to our spouse. And so in cleaving, it's not just sexual intimacy. It's not just to become one, and that's just a theory and a concept, but we don't know how to how to actually apply it. It's talking about financial intimacy and intellectual intimacy, recreational intimacy, and spiritual, sexual, physical, all these different kinds of intimacy. And I heard it once put as kind of like a cake where there's different layers to a cake, and then there's a cherry on top, and the cherry is kind of like sex, but you build all of the other um, parts of your relationship as layers of intimacy. So that then when you have the cherry, when you get to the icing, when you get to the part that's on top, then you can really enjoy it because your relationship is built on a strong foundation. Whereas you flip that cake upside down and the cherry, like the sex is the first thing that you go to for intimacy. Well, the whole cake is going to fall apart. It's just not going to go as it's supposed to. And so we want to be growing in all of these layers of intimacy because the reality is sex is not as satisfying when you're relying on it for intimacy because all the other areas of your of intimacy in your relationship are lacking. But when you're connected in every area or at least you're growing in these different areas of intimacy and then you come together for sex, it's so much more enjoyable. Yeah, there's way more to it. I know of this guy, actually, when, you give, when you're talking about this, it kind of triggered this for me, but He's really involved in the Tinder world. He's a single guy. And um, I don't know him directly, but I know of him through other people. And he has apparently, you know, he'll he'll have multiple partners, sexual partners coming to his house, you know, sometimes twice a night. And he has to ramp this behavior up because it never satisfies the point he wants. I mean, you think if it, if it satisfied you, if it got, gave you what you needed, you wouldn't have such destructive levels of of going to Tinder, right? But he does, and he's he's putting himself at risk for STIs, which I think he has. He's putting himself at risk for so many other things. And there, this this example I'm giving you is many people out there because they misunderstand what intimacy is. They think that it's just the physical act of intercourse, and that's what porn changes for us when we have it in our life. It changes our understanding of what intimacy is. So when we go into marriage, we think intimacy equals sex. And then when that happens, um, not only that, we listen to our podcast in the last one because we talked a little bit about this. But when you think that intimacy equals sex and you think that porn equals sex, then it's all about self-serving, getting your needs met. And you, you demand that of somebody instead of offering something good and building into intimacy and building into all these areas of intimacy like you're talking about with a cake. Instead, you're just focused on this one little cherry component. And that cherry has no real value unless it has a foundation underneath it. And pouring into great intimacy is so many things. When we talked, we were looking online, we were talking about all the different kinds of intimacy. I was surprised how many there there are. 
And I mean, I guess I got to step my game up a bit here, but yeah, like aesthetic intimacy. We heard about that one. That means you got to appreciate like art and nature together. And well, I mean, we do that, but I didn't have a formal term for it, to be honest. So an aesthetic intimacy. Okay. Well, I guess I got to pour into that too, but joking aside, intimacy is so much more than just the sex component. And you know what? Sex becomes better and grows in us as far as the, the, the meaning for us of what it is in our marriage when we build into these other areas as well. So you grow in this together, something that you don't, it doesn't happen overnight. You have to put in the work to this. And one of the things that I always say is I have a great marriage and I'm not saying that to put myself on a pedestal and to say, oh, look at me, I got it all figured out because I really don't. I stumble through life often. But what I'm saying is I work hard at my marriage. My wife would say the same thing and that we work on our marriage. We work hard at it. And the reason why we would say we have a good marriage is because we put the time and effort into it. If you think that marriage and and if you don't build into your intimacy and just assume it's going to happen, especially with misunderstanding that porn gives us, man, it's a recipe for disaster. And we don't want you to have that in your marriages. Um, We want you to have, you know, abundance in your marriage and have great sex together and have great intimacy together to get porn out of your lives, get it out of your marriage so that you can enjoy these other things. So if you do have porn, one of your answers is to avoid the erosion that porn brings, but build into intimacy. And that's a great solution or start to a solution in your life for, for moving away from porn and having a better marriage overall. Yeah, I remember early in our marriage talking to a counselor and he gave me this sheet with seven different types of intimacy. And I was like, oh man, that's a lot. And then since then, I've heard other people say way higher numbers of intimacy, like I was saying. But one thing that he talked about was was recreational intimacy on there. And so he kind of walked me through it. But I was like, man, this isn't something that I've considered in this way. I mean, people talk about have fun and laugh together and go on dates. But to see it as recreational intimacy, and that's like an integral part of a relationship was something different for me. And so shortly after that, I was talking to a friend and Louise and I were just kind of trying to figure things out. And there was times where we felt disconnected and times where we felt connected. And so this was probably a time where we felt more disconnected. And when you're disconnected, there's more tension that people experience. And so I was talking to a friend and and this friend said, when's the last time you took her on a date? And I was like, man, it's been a while, actually. And so I took her on this date and I remember then thinking about what the counselor had said about recreational intimacy. And so we went out. And we just had fun. And I remember thinking, man, this is, this feels like when we were dating. I mean, fancy that, right? Like you go on a date and it feels like you're dating. I mean, you can date your spouse and still have fun. And so we went out. We didn't talk, talk about serious stuff. We just had a good time and we laughed and we enjoyed each other. And for the next week, I mean, it really everything shifted in our house. Everything was was just fun and lighter and there was no tension. And I remember just really reflecting on that because it was kind of a big moment for me to learn how to be a husband better to really value that recreational intimacy because all the only thing that we changed was we went out and we had fun. And so just practically, I mean, this this is how it relates to what we're talking about because if there's tension in the home or if you're feeling disconnected, you're not going to want to have sex. Or if you do have sex, you won't be as connected in different areas. And so then if you just go on a date, value that recreational intimacy, which we did, then all of a sudden we're more connected and and you can have different forms of, of intimacy on top of that. And so it's a very important thing for us all to realize is that when we neglect one, others will be impacted negatively. But when we value one, when we prioritize one, the others might follow as well. And so it's important for all of us to realize these different areas of our life. Yeah, it's like finding those points of connection, right? Where you, you build into each other and you, you link arms 
um, we talk about this in one of our conferences and it's an illustration, but, you know, to set the table for this, um, in life, if we don't try to connect with each other, we will drift apart. Um, everything in our lives really don't work towards us coming together. They usually work to drifting us apart. And every marriage has to battle drift. Every marriage does. You have to learn how to connect. So give you this example. You know what otters do? Otters, the animal. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about this animal, but they're super cute. They really are. And one of the things that they do when they um, are sleeping, they will sleep on their backs on the water and just kind of float. But they will link arm arms with another otter so that they don't drift apart and they don't they don't get lost out of the group. And I thought that was such an amazing illustration for life because... We have this undercurrent that's always there, this, this, these things, these, these currents that are causing us to drift apart in marriage. And if we don't stay connected, we will drift apart. We will. And then it'll go 20 years and you don't even know who each other is anymore because you've drifted apart. You haven't worked at your marriage. And when you introduce things like porn, which causes even more of a rift, you really don't want to stay connected. And so the, the thing that we would encourage you to do is find those connection points where you can link arms and connect with one another and build into your intimacy. You're talking about recreation. I think that's a great one. It really is. Uh, I think having great conversations with each other, being able to have date nights like you're talking about, being able to share in, in, in different activities together. And if you're, you're both Christ followers, being able to pray together, being able to, you know, read the Bible together, being able to have, you know, those moments together. These are things that you can do. If you want to learn more about different ways to do this, we would really highly recommend checking out familylifecanada.com. Um, there's some great resources there that you can learn about how to connect and stay connected through the drift. So we encourage you to check that out. And, you know, another thing about, about intimacy too, though, that I've had a hard time learning <laughs> is that as you grow closer to somebody, it's kind of like sandpaper sometimes. There's friction because we're so different. And often we don't like friction. We avoid it. So we stop the process of moving towards each other. But I want to say is, you know, lean into that, not in the sense of, you know, look for conflict in your marriage, but move into intimacy. And when you do have conflict, understand this. Conflict doesn't mean that you picked the wrong person. It doesn't mean that your marriage sucks. It doesn't mean any of those things. It's really how you manage the conflict. There's a great quote here by Les and Leslie Parrott, who we highly recommend. But they said that conflict is the price you pay for deepening your intimacy. You might have to think about that for a bit. I know I did. But what I'm saying is that conflict is an opportunity. It's not something to be avoided. If you love each other through conflict, you will grow through conflict and become better because of it. And conflict does arise in marriage because you're both different. And so we would encourage you in, in the sense that have that understanding, you know, and I think change your framework. Often people think that conflict is a sign of divorce. It's not true. Actually, the avoidance of conflict is the biggest indicator of divorce. If you try to avoid conflict, you're not doing well. Now, I'm not saying you go looking for picking fights, okay, <laughs> but they do come. And then we'd also say, go check out the podcast Family Life uh, did with Les and Leslie Parrott about the essentials of a good fight. Another great resource we would encourage you to go plug into if this is something that you're wanting to learn more about. Yeah, those podcasts are really, really good tools. And Les and Leslie Parrott are really good. And they're funny too. We've learned from them. Their stories are great. 
One thing that I've tried to focus on is expressing gratitude. Like, just, just saying thank you for the little things, right? Because, like, Louise calls me dish boy because I do dishes more. It's just kind of our little joke. I mean, she's a way better cook than I am. Man, it's crazy. She she can make this amazing meal in 20 minutes. I'm like, what? You're done already? It looks incredible. It tastes amazing. I'll try to make, like, an average meal, and it takes me 60 minutes just struggling, sweating in the kitchen, trying to make sure everything's good, and then, one thing's hot, one thing's cold. I'm like, oh, man, I can't do this. And so I always just do dishes because she, she cooks. But that's kind of become our routine, right? And so we can get in the mundane of life and just kind of go, well, of course she made food or, or of course he's doing dishes. That's what he does, right? Like, that's what she does. I mean, it's not like they're doing it just for me. They're not going out of their way. I mean, they have to eat, too. They have to do dishes, too. They live here. And so we can get in the mundane, but why not just go out of your way and just go, hey, thanks for doing that. I really appreciate that you're doing that because expressing gratitude for these things helps build intimacy in a marriage and in a relationship. And right now, actually, we're enjoying reading a couple's devotional. And on day one, it talked about just saying these words whenever they do something for you. Just say, I really appreciate that. And it's kind of become an inside joke, which, I mean, side note, I think that's really important, too, in having intimacy is getting inside jokes where... You just look at each other from across the room when you're with a group of people, if you're, if it's not in COVID times, I guess. But you look at each other from across the room and you just smile because you're the only two that get it. I just think having those inside jokes is really important. But, but this has become an inside joke for us. So we just look at each other now and we just go, I really appreciate that. And we do it multiple times throughout the day, but it, we do it when, it, when it's a, a appropriate, like when the other person has done something nice. But then it's also a joke and it makes us smile because we kind of exaggerate it too. So so it's funny, but it's top of mind. And I mean, why not do these little things? Why not express gratitude? Sometimes it's so simple, but so easy to miss. Yeah, you know, I want to give a plug to my wife here for doing something that speaks to this. She, um, she She's not going to be happy, I'm telling you all this, but because uh, she doesn't like putting a spotlight on her. But you know what she did for me for one year? She wrote me a journal and said one nice thing about me every day. She, she, she actually, if I did something nice for her or something she noticed, um, she wrote that down and she journaled it for me for one full year. And I was absolutely blown away. It's probably the best gift, one of the best gifts I've ever been given. And she took the time to do that. And man, oh man, I was blown away. And <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying that you need to do something like that. If you do, good for you. I encourage you. <laughs> you're, you're supposed to going to love it. But you know, sometimes we miss those little things like you're talking about of just encouraging one another, sharing the good. You know, often we're more willing to share the bad, but what about the good things? You know, like, hey, thank you for doing this for me. Or, you know, I really appreciate this about you. These build into our intimacy. So I would encourage you to look into doing that. You know, make that a make that a kind of a homework assignment this week. Tell your spouse something that you appreciate them every day, if you can. You know, start there. Start small. And you'll just see a world of difference happen for them. Now, what do we do though if porn has eroded this to the point where we can't even move beyond some of these things? We just have so much hurt and pain. What do we do then, Matt? Like, how do we move beyond that? What are some things that we can do if we're at that stage? You honestly have to rebuild everything. Like, look at your life as a whole because if porn is there, it means there's a lack of intimacy somewhere. Like, there's a lack of intimacy that you're experiencing. And so you got to look financially. Are we on the same page relationally uh, with communication? How are we doing like recreationally? Are we having fun together? Um, look at all the different areas of your life uh, and don't neglect any because porn use again, porn use is an indicator of where you need to grow and where you need to be discipled. 
And porn has taught you to lie as well. And it's so often easier to avoid that sandpaper that Braden's talking about. But when you're looking at every area of your life, you've got to learn to be honest and not lie and really get down to, to that humble posture and be willing to work on every area. And so like, let's look at this practically. You're wanting to have sex, but with finances, there's a division in your marriage. So one person has control over the money. The other person doesn't have, doesn't have anything that's going on or there's lies or somebody's hiding money. You won't be as connected as you could be and your physical intimacy, your sexual intimacy, therefore won't be as enjoyable. And so that financial intimacy might be something that's really um, hindering your sexual intimacy in your marriage. Spiritually, are you sharing about revelation you're getting or are you reading the Bible together? And the reality is we can talk here about a few areas of intimacy, but there's a lot more than that. I mean, some people say, like I say, there's seven or there might be 52. And so do some research on intimacy beyond what we're saying here and see how it can be something that can help you build those blocks, like work on the building blocks of your marriage to get better and get healthy. Mm -hmm. That's some great insight from Dish Boy over here. And, you know, to to jump onto that, that's really great stuff. Um, Go back and listen to that again, people. I I rewind and listen to that again. But um, one thing I'll say too, sometimes also we need some third-party help here. If um, you have such a rift between you and pain, we would recommend looking into counseling or, or, or some other things too that sometimes we do need to reach out for to help us navigate some of these things that we don't have the tools right at the moment to to navigate. So we would encourage that too. And if you want to know more, please email us or, or reach out to us and we can try to help you with some next steps there. Um, but another component too, you know, listen to some of the older podcasts we have about accountability, about recovery groups, about uh, moving forward as a, as a couple in this Um so check those things out too to get more information if you this is part of your story right now. Because build, building intimacy, it's going to take some perseverance on your part, some you know effort on your part. And often when we've you feel like we're limping, we're, we got a wound in our marriage, it's really hard to run. So you, know, you just got to keep taking one step forward at a time and persevering in this together. This isn't something that one battles and the other doesn't. Now it looks different for sure. For both of us, especially say if it's the the wife that's caught the husband looking at porn, you know if that's you, you're you're navigating your own hurt and pain and 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 struggles with that. And if you're the husband, you know you're you've been caught and you're you're not sure how to manage this. Um, we're just going to say that work towards getting on the same page of your healing, even though it's really hard. There is another side to this, and you can move past it. You know, my life is a testimony of that with with uh, my wife. Um, we this was our journey, so we encourage you that. Take those steps to keep moving forward in this and get help if, uh, if, that's, if that's something you need as well. Um, and we encourage you to do that as well too. Yeah, for sure. It's so much easier to do this when we get help, when it's not just our own ideas that have got us in the mess that we're in, when we can get other ideas, other, other people speaking into, into us, then it's so helpful to have that. And hey, the truth is growing in this is uncomfortable. I mean, sharing your life and your secrets with someone, it's uncomfortable. And the concept is funny because you think if I'm married, if we're, if we're talking to spouses and you've married someone, you think you'd be comfortable with them. But you get into it and you're like, man, it's not as easy as you think. And it's it's kind of funny going back to our couple's devotional. One of the days they talked about serving with gladness, serving each other with gladness. And what it said was, I think, so important to this piece. It said that when you serve each other with gladness, you're serving Christ. And sometimes it's so uncomfortable to build intimacy because conflict is part of the process and humility is part of the process. And like Braden was saying, conflict is the price that you pay for intimacy. And it takes humility to open up and meet in the middle. But it helps me so much 
to remember that I'm not doing this just for, or I'm not even primarily doing this to build our marriage, but I'm primarily doing it to honor God. And I hope that you have that heart to honor God. I hope that you have that desire to honor God and that that can help propel you to humble yourself and to build intimacy and go through this uncomfortable process. It was cool. When we first met, Louise had this vision. She was praying and God gave her this vision and in this mental picture, vision, whatever you want to call it, that she had, um, we were two giraffes. She saw two giraffes representing herself and, and me and we were lying down. The giraffes were lying down on the ground and their necks were intertwined. And the next part of the vision was the two giraffes had been raised up and they had influence over the land. Like they could see a further distance. They, they just, I guess they just had influence. And so what the Lord was saying to her was that when you and Matt are humble, lying down, the giraffes were lying down. So humility and intimate because the necks were intertwined. When you're humble and you're intimate, I'll be able to raise you up and give you authority and give you influence and be able to work through you so much more powerfully than if you're not humble and if you're not united. And so do this to glorify God, because when we do this, when we're humble and united and willing to go through this process of looking at our whole life, when porn has been there, when sexual immorality has been there, we take a step back and we look at our life, go, how can we build intimacy When we do this to glorify God, not just ourselves and our marriage, he's going to be able to work in and through you so much more in this way. Mm. I don't have anything else to add to that point. I think we want to close at that point. But just to kind of in retrospect, give you a rundown of this. Intimacy is more than sex. In marriage, it's so much more. And we encourage you, if porn is a part of your life, been part of your history, part of your, your present right now in your life, the antidote to that is to build into your intimacy in marriage. And that's the full breadth of what we talked about, all these things. So we encourage you with that. You can do that. And you can have hope in this. And you can persevere in this and see God work in that. And so we just want to bless you with that, encourage you with that. We're going to leave you there. Thank you so much, guys, for being with us this week. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.